Welcome to the Govern This Podcast. This is a political podcast for non-political people where we ask the simple and ignorant questions about our country and government and get them answered. I mean, they're not dumb questions. They're just, just ignorant about it. I haven't learned anything yet. Well, hello and welcome to episode number 22. This time around, I get to chat with Luke. He's an immigrant from Australia who shares with me his journey of becoming a Canadian citizen and all the things that are involved with that. We also get into some of his deep thoughts on the structure of law and government in a country and the importance of the Canadian Constitution and its direct relation to our personal freedoms. Luke and I chat for a while in this episode and he says some great things all the way through. But I want to give you a few scattered gems right here to start things off. It was Justin Trudeau's government that did that, so I feel... Oh, damn. Yeah, I know, right? It's just like, (laughs) it's like, thanks for the immigration and thanks for the weed and, you know, you can take back everything else that you did. (laughs) I'll go away. (laughs) We've still got to participate and be aware of the laws and structure of government and be ready to, to call out instances where it's starting to stray from how, right. you know, the, the structures. This is the main privilege that we have is these protection of our rights and freedoms. Right. And people don't realize that they're just like unnecessarily allowing it to be dissolved. Uh, you know, a, a mild spring day in Australia is like, you know, is when in Canada you get all people complaining about the heat and stuff, you know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, totally backwards. last year when we had like the record breaking heat and everything, it got up, it was just like got up to like perfect temperature for me and everyone was like, oh my God, people are dying. This is the worst. And I'm just like, oh, like it's not like this normally here. Like, I was just like, oh, Damn it, like, this is great. Like, <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Our freedom to, to think the way we think and what we think and the new, new unique ways. And this is what spurs creativity and indirectly spurs, like, innovation and, and economic growth as well. Like, like th- these, these things are inextricably linked. It would crush my soul. Yeah. It would. Like, you know, the whole joy of life really is to see that I'm an individual. I have my way of thinking of, of, of doing things and that's what makes me unique and that gives me esteem and joy. But if that's taken away from you and you're told what to think, you're told what to say, you're told what to do, you're told what you can and can't do with your body, mm. it just crushes you. Now on to the podcast with Citizen Luke. Hope you enjoy. Luke, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, and, thanks for having me. And welcome to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. Do, do you want me to tell you about our country or, or <laughs> maybe you should tell me about our country? <laughs> um, that was the thing when I first met you that made me want to talk to you on the podcast was that uh, what grabbed my attention was when you said when you became a Canadian citizen, you had to learn all about our country and all these things that you found out most Canadians didn't even know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm really interested to hear about that. Um probably partially so i can learn yeah <laughs> and also i'm just curious about the process of becoming a canadian citizen so let's just go with some of your background you where you're from why you decide to come here how long you've been here all that stuff ready set go all right um i'm originally from sydney australia um i somehow became quite an avid skier you know everyone sees me they're like australia you must surf and i'm like no i ski and they're like what <laughs> um so i had an interest uh in coming to vancouver to work for the olympics so it was kind of a a goal just to come here i ended up getting sidetracked i met a, a quebec girl in <laughs> uh in europe and ended up dating her and so i was living in quebec before that but managed like, to get over for the olympics still that sounds like a funny story oh. australian <laughs> met a quebec girl in europe <laughs> skiing no, no no it was in in dublin oh um, <laughs> it's Drinking. funny it's funny it's like the the australian and the quebec uh attitude actually seem quite similar it's just they don't realize because of the language barrier oh yeah <laughs> anyway huh that's a side note that's really interesting yeah yeah um uh, yeah, so I was living in Quebec. Uh, uh, you know, I, I really liked it there, except for the language barrier. I found it really hard to um, settle in. Right. I uh, had a wonderful time there, though. Um, just like, I don't know, I guess the, the loneliness was just a bit too much. I had some mm. friends, but it was hard to make get really involved in the social scene there when you right. couldn't understand Everything's a little bit of a of work. Like, yeah, like I, I was taking lessons and I had become like um, conversational. I just couldn't keep up in a social setting. Right. Um, Quick question. What does an Australian sound like with their accent speaking French? <laughs> um, I tried to learn the Quebec accent uh, as much as I could, but... Um, yeah, like it, they actually were appreciative because most um, outsiders, I guess, who learn French, learn French French. And so, they come to Quebec with the French, French accent. Mm. Okay. But because I had learned a little bit of French before I came there, but I didn't really start studying properly until I got there. So, I was exposed to learning the Quebec accent from the beginning. So, they were appreciative that I didn't have a French French Right. Accent. I had like a Quebec French accent on the Australian accent. <laughs> okay, so give me an example. Tell me about my view in French. If you, if oh, you know that many words, you know you, you use it, you lose it. It's been a while, but uh, well, even you I know, just just words like peut-être in French is peut-être in um, Quebec, and like just sayings like pis le le like. Uh, so your your Australian accent accent doesn't come out that strongly then when you're doing it i guess it's like when you copy anything you copy it so it's well obviously or, i don't have obviously it was clear i was not 
a native, yeah. you know, French speaker. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm not sure if they can tell the difference between like a Canadian, yeah. an Anglo-Canadian is trying to speak French or if an Australian. I'm not sure if they can tell. I'm yeah. not sure. You'd have to ask a Quebecer. Or I was something. hoping it'd be some weird sounding thing, but I guess, <laughs> I guess it's just <laughs> as if I would try it. <laughs> We're just trying to do what it's supposed to sound like. So, yeah, yeah. Okay. And, uh, there we go. So, yeah. so you're in Quebec and you're having a struggle. Here we go. J'ai pris un cours de français à Université Laval. Ah, that sounds yeah. French to yeah. me. But not quite Quebec, though. Yeah. To, to me, it's straight up legit. All right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't even know what you said, so. Uh, I, took, I took a French course at the University of Laval. Oh, cool. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Impressive. It works. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. End up getting over to Vancouver for the Olympics and just had a great time. And I was just like, wow. I really like Vancouver. I got to get here. Um, at that point, uh, uh, I was no you? longer dating the, the Quebec girl, so went back to Australia, had some debt. Okay. Uh, worked, paid off, moved back. Um, and, yeah, so I could, you know, the whole BC area just, uh, you know, stuck in my mind, you know, the, the mountains, the skiing, mm-hmm. um, the beautiful Vancouver city surroundings um yeah all sorts of things yeah cool so how long ago was that um so obviously i came for the olympics in 2010 i don't remember when they were (laughs) (laughs) uh i went back to australia and then returned in 2011 um you paid that debt off quick yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. uh it it wasn't a lot of debt it was yeah it it actually took me longer than i was expecting oh (laughs) Anyway, that's that's another story. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, come back. Um, and in the time I was in Australia, I had been um, taking postgraduate study in like energy planning and policy. And uh, I was looking at um, the the energy here and how it's, um, you know, hydropower, like 80, 80% hydropower. And the, uh, the distribution... Uh, uh, power production, retail, everything is owned and operated by a crown corporation, which I thought was fantastic. You've seen a trend everywhere else in the world where um, they've privatized their electrical grids and they say it's for efficiency, but you don't really see that much of a boost in efficiency. You, you get some, yeah. Anyway, it was just really good that uh, I, I felt that it being sort of pub, like remaining a government asset was an asset to the people and the fact that it was, you know, as I said, 80% renewable um, was quite appealing to me mm. um, as well as, I don't know, I just, you know, you always hear Canadians are really nice and it did seem like a like quite a welcoming place and and for someone who likes skiing, then yeah, it was... <laughs> it, yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised you made it to uh, BC instead of Alberta. Alberta? Why do you think Alberta? There's a lot of Australians that go to Banff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's, a, there's more in Whistler. Oh, but that right. <laughs> duh. That makes sense. <laughs> People always like wonder, like, why is there so many Australians here? I, I, you know, I can explain it. Like, so, Australians are extremely sporty. Yeah. 
like uh, in Canada, it's like people like it's hockey and maybe a select other things, but yeah. like in Australia, it's like every single sport, everyone's mad about it. Yeah, and our ski resorts, we have ski resorts with the rubber trees. <laughs> <laughs> Don't they have rubber trees on the on the slopes? The rubber tree, no. <laughs> but they've got weird looking snow gums which grow in sort of all sorts of directions. Anyway, no. Oh. So it's ski train tree skiing is hard in Australia because they're not straight up and down trees. So you've always got to like duck and weave and. <laughs> oh right, okay. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So we have ski resorts, and um, you know. A lot of people will go at least once, take their family at least once. So, a lot of people get exposure to skiing. Okay. And um, I had got into it in Australia. I learned to ski there. I ended up going down once a year with my school. Um, and but it's like a little tease, right? Because then Yeah, and that's it. So, so, like, you know, once, once you ski the Australian mountains, like, they're very small and the snow is quite awful. Um, <laughs> uh, there's a thing in Australia where the the worse the snow is, the better the party is. So you you can't oh, lose either way. You either okay. got good snow or good partying. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, so yeah, so like being very sporty, we like to travel. Um, you know, we get exposure to skiing in Australia, but we we want more. Right. Um, it's very easy for us to get a work holiday visa in Canada. It, they speak English and, you know, Australians, like, you can cram them, like, four to a room as long as you give them a ski pass and feed them beer and they'll be happy. So, they kind of go hand in hand with the, the ski resort industry. Right. Yeah. Hmm. So, that's why they, yep, that's why they take over in the winter. Yeah, that's why <laughs> they congregate at all the ski resorts. Or is it New Zealand people that do it? It's hard to tell. Yeah, but there's not as many New Zealanders. There's not as no. many Kiwis. Right. Like, the, their entire population is the same population as Sydney, the city of Sydney. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. You guys don't like each other much, do you? Oh, it, it's it's a facade. It's it's. I like to describe it like, like, your, like your red-headed step-cousin. Oh. Like, <laughs> you know, you, you, you tease them, you give them wedgies, whatever, but if someone messes with them, you're like, hey, hey. Like, mm. leave them alone. Like, you actually kind of love them deep down. Oh, that's really neat. I've never heard anyone say that before. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I remember I was doing tree work and we were driving through Vancouver. And, oh, I think the guy I was with was Australian. He saw some, it was one or the other. And then he saw some buddy on the corner or something acting funny. He's like, I ah, must be kiwi or like the opposite right and i was like what it's like ah, there, da, da, da. <laughs> so i thought there was this big head-to-head with but yeah on the surface it <laughs> is surface. but deep down we, yeah. we we love each other okay it, it, you know it's well that's good to hear that's really nice yeah <laughs> okay so you came here in 2011 yes so you've been here 11 years yes okay did you and then that's when it started process began um yeah and um being here i was like yeah like i like it here i'd like at least to be able to stay beyond my visa so um i had to start looking at permanent residency that's the first step on the road um and uh i sort of went to a, a an immigration consultant and he laid out a few um, pathways probably in his opinion the best pathway was to try get a, 
uh, a job in my my edu- align with my education in engineering in like move up to Prince oh. George or something because then I could be offered a, <laughs> a job and cl- classify under one of the categories. But that didn't right. sound too good to me. Where they're like, oh, we need this guy because he's amazing. And no, no, no. They're work. just like, this is your skill. This is where they need those skills. You should take your skill and move to where they need it kind of thing. Oh, so that would put you in a place where you didn't want to be. Yeah. Because you're like, I can't ski I was there. just like, oh, man. <laughs> I don't want to move to Prince George. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know? Um, so when you talk to, so that's how everyone starts. You talk to someone and you're like, what are my options? Cause that's a common way. Yeah. It's, it's not- like, it, like you got, I want to stay. How do I stay? Okay. And there's more than one way of just like, oh, you fill out this form and say, I want to be a citizen. There's all these different things. Yeah. Can- and so you've got to classify under certain categories. Um, almost all of the categories are related to, uh, essentially related to improving the economy. Okay. Um, like in how one can way you, or another. How can you be benefit to... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what's... I always forget. Emigrate and immigrate. Is it just different... Directions. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. M <laughs> is coming in and M is going out. Okay. So, you emigrated from Australia and immigrated to Canada. Yes. Okay. I thought... <laughs> I think I had this thing in my head from when I was a kid that like emigrate was when they like ran away from their country. <laughs> I guess it is. <laughs> yeah. But... Sometimes people emigrate for more important or life-threatening yeah, yeah. <laughs> reasons. So, maybe that's when you hear the word more and how I attach to it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, no, kind of on that point, it's like, you know, there's also like, well, like, you're just coming here for a better life. Why should we let you in? And it's sort of like a two-way mm-hmm. deal. It's like, I want a better life. But, you know, the, the country wants to be, well, we want a better country. So, we'll let you in if you're going to make the country better kind of thing right and right and a lot of that is tied to economics so if it was like i my life is threatened that's a different that's one of the categories a, that isn't related to uh, economics that's like humanitarian but you know mm. refugee immigration is actually quite small compared okay. to um economic immigration for em- economic huh. you know refugee immigration economic immigration immigration yeah huh new terms Okay. Uh, I just kind of made them up. They're not <laughs> official, but like I'm just sort of generally classifying them for you. <laughs> oh, I like it. They might be using it in five years. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So you went and talked to this guy and he said, move to Prince George because you have some skills. And you said, no, I want to ski. Yeah. I'm just like, I, I, like, because it was going to be a two year process from then. But then just, I don't know, all these, I got extremely lucky in how the circumstances played out. Mm. Um, you know, uh, a, a workplace injury actually, um, caused me to not be able to work in my position. They shifted me to another position, which, and then the law changed the federal law, um, which made it easier for certain categories to, to get gain permanent residency. Um, you know, it, it was Justin Trudeau's government that did that so i feel oh damn yeah i know right it's just like (laughs) it's like thanks for the immigration and thanks for the weed and you know you can take back everything else that you did kind of (laughs) go away (laughs) that's just my personal opinion but (laughs) it's been like 10 years or whatever you can let it go now you don't owe him anything (laughs) (laughs) well his his signature is on my citizenship like certificate oh you could be kicked back (laughs) 
<laughs> if things change, it could be anyone that he let in. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, just 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 to let the listeners know, I'm not I'm not like you know left wing, right wing. Anyway, I just mm-hmm. don't agree with a lot of tyranny. You know the. <laughs> A lot of the way, a lot of the 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 courses that Justin Trudeau has made. Um, you know, one yeah. thing I like to say is like, you know, there's some problems that I agree with the problem, but I don't agree with the solution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. That makes. I think there's a lot of people, and I think the media is making it seem very right or left, but I don't think it is. I think people on both sides are like, "What the hell?" And I think it's more of. Well, I think I've heard people say this, the right and left thing, it, it doesn't, it's kind of gone. It's more like mainstream media <laughs> or just trying to dig through stuff. And it's like, those are the two sides of the political spectrum, it seems now. <laughs> it's not even, it's like, who can deny like certain things like housing? Like, we, we'd, we'd be nice to have yeah, some housing. Yeah. Like, yeah. And like, so, you know, nobody wants discrimination, but like, yeah. but it, it's just the how it's the solution that's not sitting right with a lot of people anyway we digress yes Uh, (laughs) (laughs) so trudeau you're like thank god yeah so um when i first uh came to canada like the particular um avenue i uh, became a permanent residency under was the skilled worker um avenue and before when i originally arrived you had to have two years consecutive uh work in canada in a skilled worker position okay and skilled worker was classified they've got job classification listing so okay that's when i first got here so that that's why the immigration consultant was like you know you need to find a company that will sponsor you to stay on for two years to satisfy that requirement so that's why i was in my mind it's like i'd have to be in prince george for two years and it's like i don't think i could last two years in prince george (laughs) <laughs> i yeah. i'm just i'm just need to be close to be, like closer to big cities i grew up in sydney yeah. it's, it's nothing against prince george i'm just no i'm just but- kind of a <laughs> more of a city person. well yeah and also you moved here because you wanted to ski too yeah yeah so it's yeah, like yeah yeah <laughs> here go up there for two years and don't do anything you yeah. wanted <laughs> yeah right like, yay <laughs> that sounds good but then um they uh the, the federal government changed the rules so that then they made it um, you could have one year total experience but non-consecutively within a three-year period of working in Canada. So, you could do three months for three years or no. Yeah, you could do four months for three years, which um, I, th- I think one of the... Um, one of the reasonings for that was like ski instructors... Um, they work like four to five months a year. So, like seasonal workers, essentially, um, you know, I know one of the areas they're really short in is, in BC is hospitality. And sometimes they only need the workers for the summer hospitality stint, like here, right. like, like in Victoria and whatever. So, I think they changed it in order to, to be able to, instead of having to constantly process these visas each year they can have these permanent residents on hand that would come in and go out depending on oh. the seasonal work oh that makes sense yeah yeah so and and then and that's kind of smart because then on those off months they'll stay in canada spend money here 
travel, do stuff. Yeah, or, or get another job somewhere else, you know, or go back, like, or as you said, if, if they're a ski instructor, they just move to another country and mm-hmm. then they're, they're like, they're not using up the, the public resources yeah. somewhere else, you know, yeah. and then they come back in when it's time to work, pay the tax and, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Okay. So, that changed. Yeah. And so, and so, yeah. Um, and so, that changed, yeah, like a lot of things. Um, as I said, I had a workplace injury and it, the health and safety department were, it's their job to find you other work. Well, if you can't do, oh. if you can't physically complete the job that you were doing when you got injured and your injury prevents you from doing that, they need to find you other suitable work. So, in that process, they realized they had these other skills and so they actually had a position going in the health and safety department mm. and they said how about you just take the job and i'm like and well they went through the official hiring process but yeah. like they said you should apply for this yeah <laughs> <laughs> and it turns out that that position i had in the health and safety classified as a skilled worker position look at that yeah, yeah. It, it did fall together for you yeah and um and because the, the my my visa was two years and so because my um, the this would allow me to get the full one year experience within just the confines of my work holiday visa. Oh, okay. Yeah. Ah. So, yep, hit the one year mark. Sent my application in. Like literally two days after I um, got the 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 letter saying we have received and like if everything's right, it's likely to be approved. Letter. <clears throat> they took the job category I was in was eliminated from the skill worker positions. Which one? The job the, that that I was in. The new one. Yeah, the new one was taken out. Yeah. Oh, so well, that's I not... I squeezed in by two days. Oh, they took it out right after that. Yeah. Oh, oh, jeez. <laughs> like I literally Ooh. squeezing, but so luck was really yeah. really shining on me. Yeah. Um, wow. And then there was even more luck. So it was around the time when there was like a strike going on. And okay. uh, with the, the um, people processing the claim, so a huge backlog had built up and I'm watching the backlog and I'm like, oh, my God, my visa is uh, going to run out. Before they even yeah, s- so look I'd at it. Yeah, so I have to like scoot out of the country while they approve it before I come back in kind of thing. But isn't there but, something that you can't leave while they're looking at it or something? Um, or, or is that once they start looking at it? So you have to get the bridging visa first before that. Mm, so complicated. Yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> anyway. So... So before, but, but then they, they brought on a whole bunch of staff yeah. to clear out the backload and actually got processed quicker than what it would would have normally. <laughs> oh, so I got hilarious. in just before my visa ran. I didn't have to leave the country. I got huh. my bridging visa, which allowed. Yeah, it's like that kind of thing. You can leave the country, but it's like it's very tricky and complicated. They're like, why did they leave? Yeah, it's like mm. you like like if you you can go home to like tend to a sick family, but mm-hmm. you kind of need pre-approval and all these like you need to show all this large amount of documentation upon re-entry, and even mm-hmm. then they might still be like, ah, sorry, you can't come back in until you get it. But um, you know, so the bridging visa just allows you to stay on and work while they're finishing the process in the application. So it's kind of like like a like a yeah bridging visa. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was thinking of a work thing, like a like your training, like one's training, so it's like, why would you leave in the middle of training? And then one's like, a, you're on probation. That's yeah. what it is, kind of like you're, okay. Um, so, that worked out 
pretty fast. So they don't, you have to hit those, those work hours or whatever, like the, the year of work mm -hmm. before you even start a process. Yes. Okay. So they want to know, like, are you, do you really want to be here? Like, are you going to stick it out? Yeah, and the kind do, of thing. do you do you satisfy? Are you do you fall under these categories? Right. There's all sorts of categories. <clears throat> I, that was the particular one I went under because it suited my circumstances. Right. Yeah. So then, once you hit that, then you send a form in and say, "Look, I did it. I'm here. I want to do this." And then the process starts. So what's what's the what's your schooling to be a Canadian? Let's get into that. <laughs> that oh part. yeah. Like um, the, so that doesn't come until. Until later, until you are gunning oh. for citizenship. Oh, okay. Because as a permanent resident, you you have almost all of the same rights as a Canadian citizen, but you can't vote um, and you can't join the army and your permanent residency can expire if you don't uh, maintain the requirements, which you have to be... I think it's you have to be in the country at least two out of every five-year rolling period to maintain it. Okay, so your permanent residency is what comes after the bridging visa? Yep. Yeah. Okay, so you did two years. You did two years. It's like jail. <laughs> <laughs> so you were here two years. Then you got your bridging visa. But that happened fast. So yeah, you got your permanent residency after two years, basically, kind yeah. of? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then you sit on that or? Yeah, and then... Um, so you can choose just to remain a permanent resident, which, um, uh, oh. like, for example, if you, you may just want to stay, like, if you're interested in joining the army or voting, okay, then, okay, or you can only be here two out of every five years, then um, you'd stay uh. as a permanent resident because to qualify for citizenship, you have to have been in the country. I think it's four out of a five-year period, four years out of a five-year period. Okay. Okay. Um, so, yeah, you can choose to stay on permanent residency if you want, you know, but you run the risk of the law changing. Um, <laughs> Which you knew about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, if you get um, a government who's sort of- more, Changing laws. <laughs> yeah, like anti-immigration. Mm, yeah. Then, like, the- the requirements of the permanent residency may become stricter, you know. Yeah. Or, or, it's more or likely it's that they would just, like, uh, tighten the 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 um, requirements to become a permanent residency. But who knows? Who yeah. knows what they would do? I could see them, like, being like, we need to tighten it to be, like, this is what we need in our country instead of, like, skiers. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, not once that you're skiers. Yeah, once you're a permanent, you're a permanent <laughs> yeah. resident, they can't discriminate based on, like, your... Right your sort of employment like as i said you have almost oh, all okay. the same right, rights right. as a as a canadian citizen and then you can you're free to work anywhere right. the i think the only restriction is um you can't work in quebec unless you applied for permanent residency in quebec okay That's, yeah i I, th I think i have to check you, me on that one you but. didn't like it there anyway I, I I did. Not, I, not just, like yeah, I just <laughs> I just couldn't make it work. You, you felt know? alone. Yeah, yeah, I did. It's hard to have deep deep conversations when you're just struggling for words. Yeah, all when the time. you're speaking at the level of like you know a first grader. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I got stupid ideas in here, but I can't get them <laughs> yeah. out. I couldn't even tell jokes. Like just, I'm just like like I'm funny. I am. I really am. And like like. 
but nobody could see it. <laughs> You're just standing in the corner screaming that, like, come yeah. help me. <laughs> Why you should just have like a little Google Translate speaker or something. Well, <laughs> en enough people, like, especially people under at that stage, like under 30 or 40, they yeah. could, they all could speak English. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, you know, they, I could have a conversation with them one on one, but like, like in a social setting where everyone's yeah. speaking with each other, then right. yeah, the interactions are difficult. Yeah, you kind of just uh, one out. Okay, so Quebec. So you became a permanent resident. Yeah, and then you start learning school. Uh, yeah. So then, um, or when did you decide? Like, was well, it right away? you know, I I wasn't quite sure if I was going to stay as permanent resident or if I was going to become a citizen, but. Um, I stayed in. I actually stayed in that job for quite a number of years. I think I stayed in that job for four years. Okay. Um, and in that meantime, I was doing some other studies. So I was just like on a roll. I was just like, and then I just got to a point where it was like, well, I've already been here now. I might as well just just a little bit longer to get the citizenship, and mm -hmm. then I can have that passport and be like, you know, an international spy with multiple passports. <laughs> you know. <laughs> nice. You know, and yeah. I know it's just also <laughs> nice having the option to like, like, have two countries that I could move to without yeah. having like at, at you know. And I suppose if you you did so, you were there four years, so that was like the four out of five or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And if you decide not to do that, then it's gonna <laughs> like it's a long trek to like get that four years in there again. Yeah, exactly. Right? So, so yeah. Exactly. I was just like, now's, now's the time. So, um, just got to stick on this role and yeah, then, yeah. Uh, and then, so once you put the application in, that's when they're like, okay. Um, it's actually harder. The approval process is harder for permanent residency than it is for citizenship. Oh. Um, because basically you reuse all the information that you've used for per for permanent residency they already have that information so they only need just like basically you to fill in the gaps between what you've been doing since you became a permanent resident to when you're a citizen okay and that's why like the application process is actually a lot more simple mm -hmm. um but you have a citizenship test and you need to take the um the, the affirmation um to the queen um mm say the, hmm. the oath, but you, you can choose to swear or affirm. Um, I, I can get into that later. Yeah. <laughs> Most people think you have to swear, but you can choose to affirm or swear. Okay. Um, and, and yeah, and so at that point, then they send you the information package and they go, you have to learn all this um, to be able to do the test. And so, so it's, it's, just it's a, a big, big information package and you read it back to front i think i read it back to front like two or three times okay um the and test wasn't that hard in the end but <laughs> um but you, have you don't to... know <laughs> <laughs> yeah how what happens if you don't pass the test like do, do they do, yeah you'll get the chance to take it again at a future date but um, i'm not, not like sure how five many times, times yeah, yeah i don't know i'm not sure i'm not yeah. sure <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> um Oh, and a, a piece to add with the permanent residency application is you have to prove that you can speak English or French. Okay. Yeah. Fluently. Well, fluently enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, again, you reuse, like, you have to show that in your citizenship, but you can reuse the test that you use for permanent residency. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. It, well, yeah, it makes sense because it's a process. So it's like, okay, well, that did it, that needs to be checked off, but it was already checked off. So yeah, what's what are the holes? So how can you do the test any time? Like whenever it's coming up, you just like yeah, you kind of got you got to book ahead. There's no time time restriction of like you need to look at this for a year or I don't remember. Um, I I think like basically as soon as you get like your conditional approval, then they're like now you can do the test, and then once you do the test, then you can book your your um, ceremony for citizenship. Okay. So, do you want to talk about the oath thing first? I feel like that's shorter, and then we can get into the stuff you had to learn. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, that was one of the the problems, that, the internal struggles I was having with citizenship is you have to s- swear allegiance to the queen, mm-hmm. and I'm like, that just something about like swearing yourself over to another person was kind of didn't feel right to me like as a sovereign individual well, it's, it's very old school but isn't australia like part of the commonwealth yeah or yeah whatever, but like and whatever have, that have means you, ha, like you're born a canadian have exactly. you had to swear allegiance to the queen I, no, no because you have that automatic right because you're born here so i'm automatically yeah, so sworn I, to her well no not automatically <laughs> sworn it's like yeah. it's like i'm a person of this country yeah like I don't need to kiss your feet to to prove that yeah. or anything like which is which is interesting because if you would almost think that there would be like a caveat in there being like if you come from a country that's in the commonwealth like same thing like I uh, see that this is I'll get further into this in, oh. in, in on this point okay um yeah but sort of going back a little just like it's kind of like the difference between you know you hear that saying you know I grew here you flew here I've never heard that. Yeah, yeah. that's good though. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, if you're like, you know, you're coming in, like, you know, I believe like controlling immigration is important. Um, you know, um, so you got to have the, as I said, it's this this relationship between the individual and the country, mm-hmm. saying, well, we'll take you in as long as you can, you know, be a productive part of our society. So you kind of got to sh- prove that to them, right? Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, I can see why it'd be like, yeah, the swearing, it, it's what I walk into. <laughs> like, yeah. What am I? And so, but, but actually like it was really troubling me. So, I decided to, to like try to find as much information about this as possible. And what actually ended up swaying me was this was actually taken to the Supreme Court of Canada. This issue? Yeah. Or like people having trouble with it. Yeah. Okay. And the argument was, is that it was a violation of the freedom of conscience under the Charter of Rights. Okay. Um, but what the decision was, is they were saying, is the, the court, and and this being written in pla- paper and clarified, helped me come to ease, is that the court said that you're not swearing allegiance to the queen as a person. Right. You are swearing your allegiance to the Queen of Canada. You're swearing allegiance to a symbol. Like the crown. Yeah, you're swearing allegiance to a symbol that represents the government of Canada and its structures. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's easier. (laughs) Yeah. And And that being clarified in law in the Supreme Court of Canada gave me ease to say... 
then I had to make the decision. Do I, do I agree? Do I want to align myself with the government of Canada and their structures? Right. And having gone through the process of learning through the structures of government and everything <clears throat> and understanding the importance of government uh, for, you know, ordering and organizing a society and seeing how our particular structure of government is the one of the better ones in the options that are available, then I was like, yeah, I can, I can align myself, I can allege myself with the government of Canada in its form. Right. Um, and as I said, everyone, it's assumed you have to swear, but you can affirm. And so, I looked up What's the difference between swearing and affirming? Now, now, swearing is an oath to God. Okay. Whereas an aff- affirmation is the same as an affidavit. It's like you are, you know, writing and signing and saying, I am telling the truth Okay. when I say this. Oh, okay. So, it's like I agree with this and I'm telling the truth. That I do yeah. agree with it. Like, okay. Um, hmm. So, yeah, I chose mm. the affirmation because I know my 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 conceptions of spirituality and God are not that simple, and I didn't think I'm not sure if it was even possible for me to make an oath to a, a God or the God that they were expecting me to swear to. You, so, you'd be swearing, but you wouldn't be able to affirm that swearing. <laughs> yeah, well, I, sense, like you know, there was, be... a, there was a question. It was like, is, is it even possible? Like, like, would it be real? Yeah, like, well, not even if it's real. Like, is it like possible? Like, does it, so? It didn't make sense for me to to swear. So I chose to affirm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It. I feel like because that set real with, with well with me. I'm like, yes, I I can honestly affirm that I do. Mm-hmm. I do align myself with the structure of government. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think people like in our culture now, the whole swearing and oaths are like, people just see them like, yeah, I'm down for that for a while until I change my mind. Like it's so, so I don't think people think about it deeply or as real as, as you do or did. And we probably should, we'd probably be in a better place all around. People (laughs) took things more like, what does this mean? And it just seems like everything's flippant and can change. Yeah. But that's, that's really interesting. That's really. Well, and it's not something you can take lightheartedly. Mm -hmm. I I think, I think, uh, yeah, like, and. Well, you shouldn't. Yeah. I I don't like. But that's what I mean. I think people do. I'm like, whatever, I'll just say what I need to say. Like, yeah yeah and and you know and like you hear that like oh you know just cross your fingers behind your back and whatever i'm like <laughs> it doesn't work like that i'm sorry yeah yeah <laughs> wow okay that's really cool that's really interesting but part of it like too that. is like at the citizenship ceremony mm-hmm. like you need to stand up and you all recite the oath together and they have watchers watching to make sure people actually say it oh okay yeah wow yeah. that's a neat job <laughs> he didn't say it. Yeah. He he mumbled. He <laughs> he said watermelon. 
<laughs> how many watchers? That's such a I, weird... I couldn't tell how many were actually, but like, you know, they, they warn you. Maybe maybe it was just like a psychological trick to like, we're watching you and so you actually do it. So, you're like, oh, no, you know, like... <laughs> I want that job just to be like, I was a watcher. <laughs> yeah. No, there's like the the efficient, the the judge or whoever, like they, there's people who qualify and yeah. can run it and then there's other officials around so okay. i'm not sure like you don't know who i'm the not watcher sure if there's was. like a specific person that your job is watcher like right like, <laughs> like i think they just kind of i'm picturing like a jury sitting on the corner like sitting <laughs> on the side just like just staring with in little binoculars or something <laughs> I, I did it sort of like the immigration center at vancouver which is where I think most of them done. They'll do like special ones every now and then, and those are the ones they'll put on the news. And it's just like, no, it doesn't. Oh, you know, like, and it is not actually like the ones you see on the news. It, like, like those ones are, but like they're only <laughs> occasional. You know, okay. like they they did one in Whistler, and it's like, oh man, it would have been good to get the one in Whistler, but um. <laughs> You know, and it's all out there in front of the mountains and everything. You're like, I can totally yeah, like affirm like, this. My, shit. Yeah, my my ceremony is going to be like that. No, it was <clears> in like a, like a room at the bottom of a building in the middle of downtown Vancouver. In the basement? <laughs> Not in the basement. Almost. It was like ground level. But <laughs> we just need you to walk down this little stairway into this dark hallway. <laughs> right. I'm like, geez, am I going to come out? <laughs> Okay. But wow. it's like, it's kind of luck of the draw. Like, like if you happen to, you know, be assigned, like, get that citizenship ceremony yeah. for that date that they're doing a special one, oh. then you'll get to do it. But, yeah. you know, it's just kind of like luck of the draw kind of thing. Okay. Um, but or and, or and, if you're in the news somehow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> They'll make that happen. So, they have like the judge and the officiate out the front, like the picture of the queen and like the flags and everything and um, sort of like the other officiants and then it's all the the citizenship applicants are here and then uh facing the judge and then sort of encircling all of it is all their friends and family okay who can come and watch but right i didn't have anyone come and watch mine oh <laughs> so sad well it was like for me it was just kind of like a well, yeah let's go let's get this done formality. Get my pay. yeah it was just like a formality yeah and, yeah you know. huh cool and so so what when was that um, that was 2018. Okay. So, you're four years in. Yeah. Nice. Or I guess three, three and a bit. Or, well, it depends when in 2018. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Let's just go four. <laughs> yeah. yeah, four. Okay. Four. I'll say four. Um, okay. So, let's get into the schooling in a bit here. Yeah. This is the thing that I was just like, that's so true. Because the Chartered Rights of Freedoms is something that in the past year has just become news it's like yeah a lot of canadians that probably didn't even pay attention to politics at all yeah are like slamming their fist down about the charter of rights and freedoms and i have this podcast because i want to learn about the government and i have the constitution of canada in my <laughs> hand with the charter of rights and freedoms in here and the british north american act yeah i had to order this i got <laughs> i don't know like a year or two ago i ordered this on amazon and it came from the States. <laughs> I love that story. I think it's hilarious. But I've read like a couple pages of it. Like I have it. I want to learn it. And I still haven't read it all. Yeah. Bad Canadians. <laughs> so you had to read all this, right? Again, like, it's kind of that 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 song, <clears throat> I, I grew here, you flew here kind of thing. It's, yeah. like, it's like you have, like, as you grew on this land, you have this 
unalienable right to occupy mm-hmm. this land. Um, now that I'm a citizen, like, like it technically can't be taken away from me. Yeah. But but the thing is, though, but, is I think that that's a facade that Canadians who grew up here have, is that especially, I probably kind of my generation, like this, it's like everything's good, everything's been good, it's just how it is, Canada's Canada, but Canada is really bloody young as a country, and it's like people, when they talk about like the wars and stuff, like or they say like democracy, like you have to fight to maintain democracy. But I think that people look at it like we fought the wars, we have democracy, we're good. Yeah. And we grew up and it's like, yay, we're good. My hardest struggle is finding a good job. Yeah. And, you know, um, a lot of this is, got, is what we take for granted is yeah. our structure of law and government. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Which like, is why I made people. that decision to align myself, allege myself. Because, um, you know, I thought about it like a lot about, um, you know, the rule of law, um, stability of society in different countries, different forms of government after going through this process. And mm-hmm. I saw the, the structure of law and government we have here. You know, it does have these checks and balances in which, which gives it some level of resistance to deterioration. But, yeah, we still gotta, we've still got to participate and be aware of the laws and structure of government and be ready to to call out instances where it's starting to stray from how right. you know the the structures and that's where these things like the charter come into play when people are straying too far yeah yeah so that's why we've never really worried about it before because we're like oh the government's yeah, yeah politicians man yeah, but life's fine yeah it's kind of like like yeah <clears throat> You know, the way I've been thinking about it lately is it's like, you know, the people will tolerate some level of shenanigans on the politicians because it's got to be a hard job. Right. You know, um, you know, and you are in a position of privilege. So, you know, we'll let you have those advantages. Mm-hmm. Just don't mess up. Don't impact my personal life too much. Right. Yeah. That's well said. <laughs> you know, really we'll let them like we don't like we know there's certain levels of corruption and, yeah. you know, profiteering and whatever. You can do it. Just like, just as long <laughs> you as you, yeah, just, just keep it controlled and, and don't yeah. allow it to like ruin, you know, the, the things in my life that I hold like dear and yeah. sacred. Like, Yeah, that's true. That, that's definitely how, how it is. Yeah. So, so let's talk about the stuff you had to learn and then let's talk about your, your shock and awe at at us grew here's <laughs> <laughs> well it wasn't really shocking all because like i was aware that i was just as ignorant about the structures of law and government in australia where i grew up oh interesting it's, so you kind of figured that out by going through this or yeah well, um i had kind of started to realize like when i was in university um i had to one of my subjects was um around law planning and law. Mm -hmm. And so, I was introduced to structure of law through that. Okay. And how it's the structure of law kind of rests under, you know, some overriding document, be it a constitution or something else. 
um, and sort of yeah, and the the levels of power assigned to various governmental bodies, be it um, federal or provincial, or as it was in Australia, the state level. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of this uh, separation of powers between the two, who was responsible. So, jurisdictions, um, I'd become, you know, sort of basically familiarized with this at, at that point, but it's not something that I'd knew up until I was like in my like 20s. So, that was in university? That was or? in university, yes. So, well, and that's kind of what I'm thinking is like, if, but if you're not like, exposed to that, then then how would you know? Right, but if it's if it's if there are things this important yeah. that we should know, like you learn how. I thought there was something. There's some little poem, <laughs> um, thing that you'd say when I was really young. Maybe I don't know, but it'd be like there's something you learn as you're growing up, right? Yeah. At, at the point where you could comprehend it and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, but. I don't remember, I probably heard in social studies or something about this, but I never had to read it. Or maybe yeah, for, I was just really my understanding, into drumming. Back in the day, <laughs> one of the subjects at school was civics. Yeah, we, yeah, it was social studies where I, yeah. Well, even like, before, I was in, it that, was within social studies, wasn't it? Well, that's what we called anything in that. Oh, okay. All right, yeah. Sure. Like where in my time, in my place. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably different in other places. But but I would think that, so I guess that would be my thing is like, if if this is put into a course or requirement for someone to learn to become a citizen, you'd think that some point in the life of the citizens <laughs> of that country that grew up there, they would have to learn it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, you get a driver's license. Okay, well, you're going to have to do this. It's like, you're going to vote? Well, you have to take the same package that yeah. they gave you. Yeah. Like, why don't they do that? That's a great idea. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you are you can vote when you're 18, but still, before, that just means that that's when you get the package. And then you have to read the package, and then you can vote. Yeah. There yeah. We go. Okay. That's, On- a, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> Because I think that's the thing that would bother me. It's like, why do I have to read this if no one else who grew up here did? Yeah. Yeah. Just because they're born here doesn't mean that they, you know. Yeah, I quite liked the process. (laughs) There's the exact same process to become, to immigrate in Australia as well. Like, it became known. It it was a big uproar when they were talking about taking out one of the questions on Australia's most revered cricketer. They were going to take the the question out. Yeah. So, Donald Bradman, they're going to take out a question on Sir Donald Bradman out of the citizenship exam. Because they're like, you don't... People were in in uproar (laughs) about that in Australia. (laughs) You don't really need to know about this, like, this sports star. (laughs) It doesn't make you a citizen. Donald Bradman. But it's like, every Australian will be like, fuck yeah, you do. (laughs) You don't know who that is? Get out. Yeah, it's Get out. It's like I was expecting a. Was, there might have was there a question? Who's Wayne Gretzky? Yeah, Wayne Gretzky <laughs> was definitely in the like the, really? the package. Yeah, really. Yeah, like <laughs> Sir Donald Bradman was the equivalent of like a, a, okay. a Wayne Gretzky for sure. Oh, that's that's awesome. Terry Fox. Yeah, we learned yeah. about Terry Fox as well. Okay. Oh, so there's there's a lot of like social, not yeah. social. Well, I guess social. Yeah. So there's um, different sections to it. It's huh. like sort of like history, um, like 
current demographics, um, culture. Really? Um, yeah, like voting, structures of government. Yeah, all these different I wonder things. if I can get one of those packages. You it's can. Like, you can get it from the internet. I'm so I'm interested to. Oh, I you can probably that. look it up right now. And it's like from, I think it's from Citizenship Canada. And you just type citizenship booklet or something like complete your canadian citizen i i opened a couple things here canadian citizenship i don't like that word it's too hard to say uh yeah so like a a lot of things you know as impressed like you know that there obviously was a little bit of washing of the dark side of history it doesn't shy away from it though it does briefly talk about how like the the negative impacts to the indigenous peoples and sort of the fights between the Métis and the RCMP back in the day and, like, revered oh, yeah. fights and everything and, like... Louis Riel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember that. Yeah, from some, yeah exactly. From some yeah. Um, learn about how sort of, like, the different prov- provinces came into existence, why so much voting power is held in Quebec and Ontario. Mm. Like, because it all centred around the... The creation and of of the country. Talk about the Trans Canadian Rail Line. Yeah, um, all all sorts of things in there. So yeah. it's it actually really nice. Yeah, it's probably really interesting, and that's like the more I learn about things when I talk to people here. It's it's actually really interesting. Maybe it's just because I grew up. And they probably covered it in school a bit, but I was like, "This is dumb." Yeah, yeah. I want to play my drums, but um. That's that's really cool, actually. Yeah. So did did you find that then you talk to people and they'd be like, huh? And yeah, like they know things like Louis Real and yeah. like some of these historical facts, but you know, and maybe not up to date on the demographics. But like when it got to like the structure of government, it it that just just nothing, nothing. Yeah. And then you're like, oh my god, this country's gonna fall apart. No, no, because <laughs> I knew it's, I know it's the exact same thing in Australia. Like, well, like, yeah, I bet you're glad you're here. <laughs> <laughs> I know it, it, every place has their pros and cons. Yeah, you know? that was Sydney that went really crazy, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but now they're out. Um, yeah, that must have been hard to watch. Yeah, um, yeah, it was watching my yeah. family, yeah. like having to deal with it. Um, I yeah. think Melbourne's still crazy though. Like they're still requiring vaccine passports everywhere you go. Like Victoria's uh, gone crazy for sure. Victoria, wow. the state in Australia, which is okay. where Melbourne is, by the <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, okay. So, yeah, is there, do you want to talk more about the process of like stuff you learned? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I did a lot of thinking. I had done a lot of thinking about like what you know, like this whole topic of, of privilege and why we have this exceptional life and compare it to like other countries in the world where, you know, what makes us a first world country compared to other countries? Mm. Part of it is access to resources. But then another big part of it is um, the structure of government and okay. rule of law. Like I was thinking about like, and an example came to mind about like, like in African countries, like, like so, so many military coups have been um, performed in various African countries that they just, they can't, like, the, the structure of government's not stable. And a, and a coup is 
where like some group just takes over the government. Yeah, right? usually a military group. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, you gotta have guns to do that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, huh. um, you know, it's like, and that's because you're saying because the structure of government isn't strong enough to not let that happen, or 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 it's not strong enough to. Um, I guess it's not ingrained enough for like, like for that not to rise up yeah for the militaries to you know because like it's like you know this is very sort of stereotypical or generalizing but like they'll they'll try to have a democratic election a party will get voted in and then people in the military don't like it and they decide to throw them out like mm, okay <laughs> you know um you know, and then huh. th- there's other things like in, you know, other sort of maybe authoritarian countries like, in, you know, China, for example, like personal rights. Like, I, you know, I heard a podcast the other day about someone, uh, uh, a Western woman who had lived and worked in China in like the 80s or something. And she ended up marrying a Chinese man, but they had to get permission from their boss at work in order to get married. Oh, that's, yeah, that's weird. Yeah, so it's just, <laughs> you know, um, you know, and then as far as like, so that's like personal freedoms. Yeah. So the structure of government, personal freedoms, but then there's like rule of law about like, um, you know, ownership and things like, so you can be confident that your, you know, your land or your money isn't going to get taken away or right. absconded or nationalized, which is, Yeah. <laughs> We'll get to that. But <laughs> that's the reason why investment money flows into countries with solid rule of law. Right. Because if you're if you're a bank or if you've got a ton of money you want to invest, if you wanna if you put it somewhere to make a building or a factory or a business, you wanna be sure that the government's not just gonna take it from you. Right, right. Because then yeah. you've lost all of it. That's like in, like instead of putting your money in a bank, giving it to like a, a loan shark being like I, I've got money. I don't need you to. I don't need to borrow from you, but I just want you to hold it for me because you're tough. <laughs> and then being like, okay, cool, no problem. Yeah, it's risk management. It's and then, like, yeah, it's like, gone. Yeah, exactly. So, so that's why countries with huh. proper like procedures around protecting people's personal right to to property um, that attracts investment and and which develops you know like a a growing diversified economy which makes the first quote-unquote first world countries that are that have that more stable government wealthier and stronger and because that's where all the economic is going yeah so first world country isn't necessarily based or hmm, i'm just figuring this out now (laughs) so what you're saying is like it's like, I always think of it like, oh, we have, even though housing is hard to find now, it's still easier than <laughs> some places, right? So, it's like, we have good shelter, food's at the grocery store, like, we can go get it. Like, that's first world opposed to, but it's not actually that. It's more just like, structure of government is like the basis of it. Yeah, it's it's a very huh. yeah structure of law and structure of government is a is a very oh. strong foundation for all of that. I totally didn't know that. Yeah, that's really interesting. 
you know, and so this is wow. my, my thought into like privilege. I'm like, what actually makes us different from other countries? And like, this was one of the things that I came to, you know, it, it's, it hasn't got to, you know, it hasn't got to do with like race or gender or mm-hmm. just, you know, just, I'm sure discrimination comes into it to some degree, but a to a large degree, it's based on these these things. I, I'm guessing that, like, like how people view racism or um, or gender equality, like country where the women have no rights and all that kind, like that kind of thing. Yeah. And when, <clears throat> and then um, religious stuff, if it's too oppressive or whatever, like that's going to affect the type of government that's in those places yeah so then but it still all comes down to how it's mind blown yeah well like even even Mm. like the equality of of the rights of the of the sexes like Mm -hmm. you know um you know equal pay for equal work i you know um that has allowed women to participate in the workforce and boom like cause huge amounts of economic growth Mm -hmm. you know has put it has kind of raised the bar for people that you know now you pretty much you know in order to keep up that you know yeah you know, people everyone has to work so yeah. it's kind of made us all, all work obsessed but it has built a flourishing you know expansive yeah economy that's yeah that's so interesting i never okay so going back to like privilege yeah yeah um because because when i realized what my was studying my privileges and what made me privileged. It, it's, I was seeing that, you know, I grew up reasonably poor. Um, I had, I lived in social housing for a short period in my life. Um, and the only reason I was able to get educated and get to where I am was because of like the government structure that provided social benefits. And in Australia, you can, to study for do your university studies, you take a loan from the government basically. Okay. Yeah. And that loan, um, you don't need to start making repayments until you earn over a certain threshold. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And like there's no interest, but it is indexed for inflation. Okay. So basically they just they they keep it up with, they keep it to the same size relative. Right, right. To, yeah. You know. So, um, you know, technically, and I've, I've heard of this happening before, say like someone who's retired decides to go back to university, <laughs> get, gets a PhD, but because they'll never earn over the, the uh, threshold for income, then they don't ever <laughs> need to pay it back. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Um, but yeah, but like sort of, that allowed me as well as some social benefits that um, gave me some, you know, some benefits while I was studying, which allowed me to maintain like my, my pay my rent and mm-hmm. my food bills while I studied. You know, this all came from the way the law and the government was structured. Right. Um, you know, and being in my position, I had see that, you know, when there's like race, then you do see sort of more, um, I don't know, struggles among, uh, maybe distributed more to people according to race, but it doesn't stop 
people who are white from having the same troubles or even bigger troubles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? Um, I think that's overlooked a lot. Yeah. And so, you know, having, as I said, you know, I, I, I was poor, like a lot of the indicators for, you know, like, you know, uh, disadvantage I had growing up. Mm-hmm. And um, so, I was like, well, what's my privilege then? And I realized that my privilege was living in a country with a sound government, with a, you know, with a, a system that gave, opened up equal opportunities for people to get a foot up. Mm. And wow. I couldn't have got that in another country, a second or third world country, the same right. that I did. And so, I realized that my privilege was being born in Australia. Right. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't necessarily tied to my sex or my race. While, you know, while my sex or my race may not have attracted some other discrimination in other forms, the, the real privilege was being born in a country with, with a solid government uh, rule of law and, you know, protection of personal freedoms. So, in a sense, you could be like, like your, how you grew up, like soup, like your family, your your nuclear is that what it oh, yeah. like the tight is that what the word is nuclear family yeah like so there it was you were struggling but you could almost say like the country was your bigger family and it was a stable place that you had to grow up in and that would help you if you wanted to help yeah like, so it it was like. They had the economic resources to provide this for the citizens. Mm-hmm. They had a rule of law. They had these government systems. They, you know, um, all in place that, uh, you know, allowed these thing allowed these opportunities and avenues to appear. Yeah. So that's yeah. That's what I mean. Like you're, like people would be like, oh, you're privileged because you grew up in a in a wealthy family, but your wealthy family was a solid, stable, non. Uh, dictatorship country yeah. and government. Yeah. 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 Essentially. Like, you know, being coming from a wealthy family would have had its advantage, but it also yeah. would have had its disadvantages. This is I'm the sure, thing yeah. too that, you know, like people who, who come from wealth, you know, sometimes you see that, you know, I, I saw this through some other experiences where, you know, if people grow up like having all this money, then when they get out into the world, they kind of like struggle to become their own person. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so like, you know. Well, that's what I mean. Like it's, it was, it, the country gave you all these avenues. Yeah. But you still had to go to the avenues. Yeah. You still had to like, you know, you had to still do work to get them. Like yeah. it wasn't just, um, that's that's really interesting to to see it that way, and that really does split up the first world and the second. Yeah, world. it really did. We're second so, world countries. Like, um, I don't even. You know, like, I'm I'm pretty sure it's going to be. I, I, I'd say like like Thailand. Oh, okay. you know, there's the that developed enough, but that they don't have the same level of you know um, okay services and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, like a, a lot, you know, a, a lot of how I kind of de- delineated in my mind is, you know, having been an engineer, the uh, infrastructure is a big thing, like mm. reliable, adequate infrastructure, you know, 
Um, you can put maybe a third world country will have like say the dirt roads or like oh. semi-paved roads. You know, second world country will have paved roads, but it's kind of dilapidated and potholes okay. and things. You know, and first world will have nice roads with curbs. Yeah, yeah. there's a bump there. We got to fix it. That, yeah, <laughs> like that funnel water and stop people from getting flooded and all kinds of things. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. So privileged. That was that was really interesting. Yeah, that really opened my mind on that one. Huh. So, so that was one of the things that you you realized or you sorted through. Well, yeah. How important rule of law, structure of government, mm. personal freedoms, like how important it is to to lay the laying the foundation for living a thriving life. Right. Right. So, and you liked the stuff we had here? It's it's very similar to <laughs> yeah. Australia. It, it comes yeah. like, you know, most of these um, structured rule of law, you know, first world countries, uh, a lot of them come from the, the legal framework in the UK. Mm-hmm. Even goes back to Magna Carta, you know. Which is what? 12th century. Okay. Um, you know, basically saying that um we we as people have these certain rights that don't don't tread on us like, right um i believe don't quote me like it's it's a while since i read into this but i believe it's what established things like you, you can't be arrested without like for for arbitrary reasons like um yeah didn't use look to in, be. yeah I'll, I'll need to i'll need to go back <laughs> to it too but that's kind of where um, a lot of it ties back to yeah 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 so w- with so you went through there's the pockets of history in there there was um some like social stuff some political history stuff and all that and then the process the setup of the government yeah. and so when when we met you s- said that thing that your canadians don't know the charter yeah so like you know it, with what's been has been happened in recent times mm. where like the the charter of rights was set up in 1982 um that's when constitution the canadian constitution was kind of formalized right um before that it was <clears throat> still structured on a law that was p- passed in britain okay giving them the the ability to self-govern from memory so we we were living off of like a like a you can go do this and do it this way from yeah Britain. so it was an act of British Parliament that allowed Canada Canada to kind of be self governed but then in 1982 it's like we need a Canadian law that says that we can so that was it's it's it was the first thing that Canadians made for themselves kind of thing I guess. It, it was the first time that the structure of law and government was founded in Canada instead of an act of British Parliament. Whoa. Okay. I never really thought of it or heard of it that way. Like, okay. British North American Act was the British saying, this is what you guys can do yeah. over there. Yeah. And this is the first time we're saying, well, we're adults. Yeah. <laughs> Let's, can we make our own decisions? Yeah, pretty much. But then we had to get them to stamp and check and sign it off. 
Yeah, like mm-hmm. all yeah. laws need, yeah. you know, ass- like assent from the queen. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's okay. So that's huge. So that was the first time that as Canadians were like, this is what we want, think, and believe, and how we're gonna. Yeah, it's like that. like based on a Canadian law, mm-hmm. you know, and and so at, in that was the including that was the Charter of Rights, you know, mm-hmm. the the rules which said that these are the rights that people have, you know, that are unalienable. Like the government can't do anything to transcend these except for this notwithstanding, I think it's notwithstanding clause that allows them to in certain circumstances. And that's the one they're hanging on to with. (laughs) So, what, what we've seen in recent times, in my opinion, is the biggest assault on the Charter of Rights and Freedoms in the history of the Charter and Rights of Freedoms. Yeah, 100%. Like I agree with that. It's forty years. You know, it's not a long history, of <laughs> which comparatively is, to other people's, like yeah. you know. But that's terrifying. That this yeah. is the first time it's challenged and to this degree. Yeah, and I still haven't read the damn thing full all the way through. Yeah. But yeah, the first time it's cha- and it's only been that long. Yeah, that's scary. Well, it's kind of like it also is a bit of a brain twister. Is that it was. Pierre Trudeau that signed it in and it's yeah. his son that was trying to tear it apart. But yeah. um, I don't know if you look into a bit more and listen to what Brian Peckford was saying, there's actually yeah. Pierre Trudeau wanted it to have more power for the federal government and then the provinces had to fight and wrestle that out of his hands. So Yeah. Yeah, I was I have listened to Brian Peckford quite a bit. Um, not as much in the last couple of months, but before, yeah. And it's that's the history of it is very interesting because I think, yeah, Pierre Trudeau was trying to do more, and then he, wasn't he the one who knocked it down, and then or, or was one of the main guys that was like, nah. Oh yeah, like uh, Brian Peckford. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, I think it was all the provinces because, okay. like, uh, and this is where you come to the structure of government because certain. Um, powers are given to the province and certain powers are given to the federal government. Oh, right. Okay. So, you know, things of national importance are left to the federal government. So, things like immigration, uh, defense, military, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, monetary policy, that kind of stuff. Whereas things that make more sense to be governed at a smaller level, so like health, education, uh, roads, highways, right. all those things are kind of left at a provincial level. Okay. You know, because it would be near impossible for a federal government to... Deal with the roads on Vancouver Yeah, Island. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and so, there's this very commonsensical split of power between the federal and provincial. And it's not that they... It's not that technically the federal government, you know, like... like uh, has more like more precedence over the the province but it it really it's more of a split of items it's only where those things overlap that the fed the the federal government has more power than the province but the province has completely different responsibilities to what the federal government does and if the federal government tries to interfere with the provincial powers the provinces are like like back off like Mm -hmm. this is out and so this is what was happening at that time the feds were trying to like grab all this power 
and the provinces like it wasn't just one it was all of them going hey like back off like this is like don't take this power away from us right. like you know oh i see okay oh well and well in that sense maybe it's like Justin Trudeau is trying to do what his father tried to do then. That's what kind of Brian Peckford was hinting at when he he talked about this. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. He's trying to break it down so he can make his father proud. And and, so, um, you know, and the thing about our structure of law is we have a a common law. It's a bit different in Quebec because they're based on French law, which I believe is civic law. So, they're like rules that govern sort of civic behaviors is codified okay we are gonna have a podcast about that okay that whole common law thing and <laughs> yeah i heard about it just a few months ago and i was like i don't what is that yeah um so, so basically um the important point to talk about now is that in common law is it's kind of made up as you go along and it's decided by judges de- deciding on certain circumstances but if you might have a decision on one circumstance that can be used to justify being used in other circumstances. Right. Okay. So, that's what they call about setting a precedent. Right. Yeah. You know? And so, having seen what's been going on in common times and this like assault on the the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, they're saying, you know, we have this ability to suspend these rights if it's absolutely important. But it's, so, they are, it's not clearly against the Charter of Freedom and Rights, but it's pushing the line yeah. and it's it seems to be pushing it way too far well, and what happens is if this isn't challenged and if this isn't stopped then it will set a precedence right which allows this to be used again and again and again and again and again right so and, and each time it's gonna get <laughs> a different they'll try to like it's just the nature they'll try to push yeah. it further they'll try to push it further they'll try to yeah. push it further. so so you know, like seeing what's going on, people who understand the the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, how important it us it is to us as individuals mm-hmm. to have a free and thriving life. This is why we we we've got our hair on fire right now because of what's been going on. Whereas everyone else around who doesn't fully understand, they're like oh, it's okay, it's just this one time, it's, it's you know, it's a pandemic, you know, like... Dad's but, taking care of us. But, yeah, but, but what we, what, what this could do is, is set a precedent. Right. Which will take this protections away from us forever. Yeah. That, and moving it, that's forward. absolutely terrifying, I think. <laughs> do you, and, and you'd think that that's, largely based on understanding like yes. understanding the charter yes so like if well people- not only understanding but also the context like comparing ourselves to countries that don't have charter rights oh okay and you know and like really really imagining what life would be like and without it yeah and how important like individual oh. freedoms are to us like like pe- because we've had it because canadians and australians have had it so good for so long mm-hmm. it's not in the forefront of our mind and that's what i was saying at the beginning of this yeah we're like ah they're fine yeah they yeah it's their- fine it's fine but but it's that it's like it's that creep in that direction 
and the not having that ability to compare ourselves and, and understand like how important it is for our lives and like as i said it goes back to our pri- this, this is our privilege mm. this is the pri- this is the main privilege that we have is these protection of our rights and freedoms right. and people don't realize that they're just like unnecessarily allowing it to be dissolved right it's it's uh, I, that's i think it's a very important point there too like when you're saying like me understanding the charter it's like it's like wow okay we can't cross that line yeah but it's important like you said to look at other places where that line has been crossed and what that looks like or well, another here, way to look at it too is to to like look in literature like we look mm-hmm. we're talking about like George Orwell's 1984 right you know like you know even just something as like so core and central as freedom of conscience our our, our freedom to think what we think but i think it, it's in, it's that's gone now because it's like if someone doesn't agree with what you think well you're just wrong and you need to be suppressed <laughs> because you're a danger to yourself. We're trying to protect you. Yeah. It's gotten so twisted. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and this is part of it too, is why people are like almost cheering it along this, this, mm-hmm. this, you know, erosion of these protections. They're, they're cheering along because they've been convinced that it's, it's good for them. Yeah. And it's good I, for everyone. I feel like a lot of the things that stick out to me are people who have come to Canada and become citizens here. Yeah. And you hear them, I hear them on videos and stuff and I'm hearing you. Um, but especially the ones that have come from like a dictator yeah. place yeah. and they're like, I will stand up till I die against this because I've seen this happen yeah. already. Yeah. This is how it starts. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's a bit of a leap for me because I've come from Australia, but I studied this. But it's like it's very obvious to people who have lived yeah. without these charter freedoms, yeah. and then who they've who they've got these charter freedoms, and they understand how precious, right? Yeah, how important and precious these things are because they have that built-in thing where they had to learn it to become a citizen, yeah. and they also have that comparability to a place, like you just said. Well, from what... Which is... You know, I, could, I can only imagine, but I can imagine them being in where whichever country they came from going, mm-hmm. I want to move to Canada because of those freedoms. Yeah. Like, they knew about it a long time before they even, like, started trying to become a oh, citizen. Oh, right, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's true, yeah. Huh. And, and oh, my God. Huh. Well, and I think for you, it really rings like it's it's strong for you to be able to see it. Like you didn't come from a dictatorship, but you came from a, when you looked into your the privilege thing you were talking about. Yeah. You could see that if you hadn't been born in Australia and grew up there, you wouldn't have that ha- wouldn't have had that chance those to, opportunities yeah. to go forward yeah. in the way you did. So you can see that comparison, that difference. Yeah. But if that's not there, someone like me would never have had that chance. Yeah. So, yeah, like some of those chances are, are around more about like, um, you know, like uh, having a good economy so the government mm-hmm. can afford to provide these social benefits. So, yeah. that's that. Um, but it's more about 
But um, I mean, if your freedoms were taken away, yeah, you're those. <laughs> they wouldn't. Uh, they would just tell you what to do. Yeah. They would just. And well, it it would it would crush my soul. Yeah. It would. Yeah. Like, you know, the whole joy of life really is to see that I'm an individual. I have my way of thinking of, of, of doing things and that's what makes me unique and that gives me esteem and joy. But if that's taken away from you and you're told what to think, you're told what to say, you're told what to do, you're told what you can and can't do with your body, mm-hmm. it just crushes you. Terrifying. Yeah. It's terrifying to think that that could happen if we don't you know, uphold this. <laughs> it's a long it, it's it's a long way away. It but but as I said, like this these things set precedents mm-hmm. that can then be used again and it's just the nature of a bureaucracy with power to try and expand their power. Mm-hmm. It's just a part of the system. Like but, it's just how things are. Like Yeah. But I think now we're at like you said, it's a ways away, but I feel it like it's let's let's go skiing, you know. Let's let's use that analogy. It's like getting to the top of the hill, like it takes a lot of work and it's like, Oh, we're getting there. Oh, yeah. we're let they're letting us do this. Oh, we can do that. Yeah. But once they get over to that point where everyone's like, Yeah, do whatever you want. Yeah. Then they're just gonna <laughs> bulldoze right then it's so i feel like i feel like we're at that precipice where yeah like if this if that precedent of the charter isn't held then they're just gonna just slide down the hill yeah just like whittle away at it just like you know and it's like you don't know what you've got until it's gone Mm -hmm. but the people who are like worried about this they're aware of what can be lost. Right. Most people aren't aware of what they could lose, I think. And and this goes into what you're saying about how um, I, I had to learn it through my citizenship right. process and most people are unaware of it. It's yeah. kind of like you, you don't really understand what you've got until you yeah you know yeah. more about it. That's true. And especially since they're just like, oh, it's fine if you stay home, we'll give you money. Yeah. Then <laughs> it's like, oh, well, they take care of us. They're good. Well, you know... <laughs> You know, even freedoms like like I remember going to Morocco and um, I think they have a, a king or, or something and there's like his pictures are up anywhere and we went and stayed at like a like a like a hotel guest house and I'm like oh what's who's that guy and he's like oh not saying anything like what? they're just not allowed to say it. really you know it, and it's like in China like you can't say anything about the Communist Party without getting shut down it's just mm-hmm. like just being able to say your criticisms and what you think. But, you know, just how bad it is for mental health to to keep these things in. Yeah. Like, just if you've got something that you want to, to say and you bottle it inside, that sits inside and festers. Well, and we're, see- we're seeing that now. Yeah. Like, I was walking around for a year, like, just kind of half saying what I was thinking. Yeah. You know, because it's like, oh, they might think that. I don't want to upset them. I, da, da, yeah. Da, da. 
and it's like so people are getting used to they've oh my gosh i think i think they did a a survey in the u.s where 80 percent of people are cautious about what they say now yeah what's you know but these things just they sit inside us and they fester like you know part of it is like a a lot of the things i my opinions i have are, are probably you know could could do with an update but i can't i can't don't even have the choice the ability to say them out loud so i can have a conversation with someone Mm. to just like think it through and work it out like you don't even have that opportunity which is what conversations used to be yeah (laughs) it used to just be like let me say the stupid stuff or the yeah just let me say it out yeah say it loud and you tell me how stupid it is and why it's stupid and then i'll think about it and if you're right then i'll probably stop being so stupid like yeah we can't we don't have that opportunity anymore you have to be perfect from the we have to be robots set up with the right (laughs) wording so like the freedom of speech is an extension of the freedom of conscience Mm -hmm. like like our freedom to, to think the way we think and what we think and the new new unique ways. And this is what spurs creativity and indirectly spurs like innovation and, and economic growth as well. Like like th- these these things are inextricably linked. Whoa. Whoa. So if we stop if we put a cap on freedom of speech and if that's attached to innovation and economic economic growth future's not so great <laughs> like yeah. everything's just going to kind of plateau well, even even social only- even social movements like if you can't say what you've got to say about it, you can't come up with new social movements you can't mm. adjust existing ones to make them you know better and more pragmatic you know well and that's the thing it's like yeah if you say like oh this system like how you said uh can't remember if it was on the podcast or earlier, but you said, I agree with the problem, the problem, but not the solution. Yeah. But if you attack the solution, they immediately yeah. say, well, you're, <laughs> you hate homeless. Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah. Or hate people no, who don't make this much money. it's not that at all. I just think the way you're it's, going about it is causing problems. It's like not working. Other pro- well, it, you know, you, you may be doing this one thing, but you're creating all these other problems around it. How about we tweak the solution mm-hmm. to make it work better for everyone? Yeah. You ca- but you can't even criticize the solution. Yeah. It's gone whack. Yeah. It's gone whack. Okay. Wow. That was good. Um, anything else you want to say about becoming a citizen and the charter and... Cause this stuff, we're gonna go into some other stuff tonight. We're gonna we're gonna have you back, hopefully, if you want to. Yeah, I, I love this, and we'll absolutely do some mini ones on specific topics. Yeah, like you talked about economics once. Yeah, local government, local government, the the law thing, yeah. you, the common you, law, yeah, common law, and you mentioned another law. Was it? It was, it was like civic law that was in the French, that based on the the, the French that's codified. Yeah, oh, mentioned- tort law. I've spoken about tort law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, like contract law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I want to get into tort all that law, stuff. Contract law. Um, they're not the same. They're separate. But yeah, yeah. Well, I, I don't know the difference. Yeah, yeah. Well, we can talk about that. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to learn it. So, anything else on yeah the charter and your citizenship process or just and whatever? Um, you happy to be Canadian? I am happy to be Canadian. <laughs> 
Um, although, like, you know, every time you come to a new place, you, you see all the roses. And yeah. the longer you stay, you start to see some of the weeds. Mm. Um, but it's, as I said, like, every place has its pros and cons, uh, you right. know. Um, on a whole, yeah, I am happy to be here. The only thing, <laughs> I just miss the weather in Australia. That's the, <laughs> that's oh, the main geez. thing. <laughs> I feel like that would have had a lot more weight if you were like in Saskatoon or Quebec uh, yeah, yeah. saying that comment. Well, it's so funny. I came here to ski, but I complain about the weather. Like, <laughs> Dude, I grew up here and I complain about the weather. Uh, okay, right. <laughs> it, is, it is a different... Well, no, I guess it's... Is it just always hot in Australia? Uh, not always. Like, well, it depends where in Australia you are and... Like, we do have seasons in Australia. Like, the coldest I've ever been is actually in Sydney in winter. And it may sound strange, but, like, the temperature gets down to, like, zero, like, two degrees in yeah. winter. But it's humid and nobody has central heating. Well, nobody had used to. Oh. Because it wasn't worth getting central heating when it's only cold for two months out of the year. So, you right. just deal with it, okay. you know. So, and it's like, no matter... It's that, that temperature where that just the, yeah. the humidity just sticks to you no matter what you're wearing and you're just always frigid and you come inside and you can't get warm because you don't have <laughs> right. adequate heat. Like, things are changing now. People have got, like, the full fancy cycle, reverse cycle, air conditioning, heating kind of thing. Oh, so, it's, yeah. it's probably different now. But, like, um, you know, but, yeah, like, uh, you know, a, a mild spring day in Australia is, like, you know, is when in Canada you get all people complaining about the heat and stuff, you know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, totally backwards. last year when we had, like, the record-breaking heat and everything, it got up, it was just, like, got up to, like, perfect temperature for me and everyone was like, oh, my God, people are dying, this is the worst. And I'm just like, oh, like, it's not like this normally here. Like, I was just like, oh, damn it, like, this is great. Like, <laughs> oh, that's funny that's yeah okay yeah because it doesn't get like i think it, it gets cold here but not like i grew up in alberta so yeah you know yeah and living in quebec yeah yeah get down yeah 30 40 but is so because we have that kind of like wet like humidity thing here but it's not as not as to the same degree uh yeah it's still still here but like it's it I, doesn't stay in the bones as long oh <laughs> uh, there's some days it does like um but like not not yeah not when, quite as bad and then when you can just go inside and get warm kind of yeah thing, you know doesn't last as long yeah unless you're biking across victoria in the rain oh, yeah zero that. degrees <laughs> <laughs> maybe i'm just used to it now i don't know probably to some degree yeah 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 anyway all right well yeah. that was great great chatting thanks for uh sharing your experience with us yeah it was pleasure. wonderful let's uh let's do it again with another topic Sounds sure. good. Yeah. Sounds good. Okay. Right. Thanks, Luke. Well, there you go. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Luke, and I hope you learned something new and insightful. And I encourage you all to uh, check out the Constitution of Canada and the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. I think it's important if we dig in and learn a bit more about our country, you know, the things that we require immigrant Canadians to learn in order to become citizens here. If they have to, then maybe we should as well. Uh, so yeah, 
Now, quick shout out for the podcast. If you can support us in any way, just click on one of the links in the episode description or drop by the website at www.governthis.ca. You can buy us a coffee, buy us a beer, or drop us some of your overflowing pocket change to support our time, energy, and equipment costs. We appreciate it all, so thank you very much. You can connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash govern this and on Twitter at we govern this. So if you liked what you've heard and you think it's important, please share this with as many people as you can. Hopefully we can all become a little more aware and involved. So until next time, stay strong and stay curious.